If I were in charge of the world. If I were in charge of the world, I would cancel cafeteria food, carrots, squash, eggplant, and avocados. Fish, shrimp, lobster, and clam would be the only seafood. <laughs> Ladybugs, butterflies, inchworms, and silkworms would be the only insects. If I were in charge of the world, I would keep New Zealand a beautiful place. More flowers and trees would be planted. There would be no more pollution. Every car would use solar power to help with the pollution. There would be more laughter and smiling in the world. I would make every Friday National Bubblegum Day. If I were in charge of the world, I would make college tuition cost less so more people could attend. There would be more national parks and reserves opened so that animals could have protected places to live. Art and music would be more appreciated. Everywhere, women would be considered just as good as men and have the same rights. Ooh, Ooh. beautiful. Featuring three white children. Three white children holding hands with a field of flowers. (laughs) Yes. Hashtag keep New Zealand beautiful. I truly. I'm Bryn. And I'm Erin. And we're three writers who have a lot of questions. So to answer those questions, we are inviting each other on to talk about our work. And lots of other stuff. Welcome to Shitty First Drafts. This book also features some really just primo um, art by the artist, a little Mm -hmm. snowman. Wait, who's the artist? Me. Oh. B.M. Martin. B.M. Martin. <laughs> I also did many of the, um, this was one of those like ABC, uh, alphabet poems where you just like think of words that start with each letter of the alphabet. Also this. Mm-hmm. Oh. The pig wore a wig, eating a fig, dancing a jig, took a swig, and was very big. Love it. <laughs> it's like you saw the future. I it know. Me. It's it just me. like, wow. <laughs> I really, you know... I wrote a poem about Osiris because I'm sure we were doing a Greek mythology um, thing. Yeah, and I um, also wrote myself some blurbs on the back of this book. The Poetry Times bestseller. Um, Kansas Herald Tribune says, filled with exquisite poetry and illustrations, an extraordinary distinguished piece of work. Mm. Barbara Weekly, Barbara is my mom, (laughs) says, surprisingly brilliant from such a young author. Anyway, lots of very Why is it funny surprising, things. Mom? Yeah, yeah. God. <laughs> pretty funny. But also in Just the, kidding. And I did in the, um, yeah, I have that little, like, info page. I don't even know what it's called. But this is the bio I wrote for myself. Okay. <laughs> Bryn Martin, a fantastic author, was born on December 30th, 1991 in Overland Park, Kansas. She and her family later moved to Lenexa, Kansas, where she currently lives today. Bryn has three brothers, two older and one younger. Her family has one black lab named Claude and a chocolate lab named Roman. She loves to write stories, read, and draw. She also enjoys playing soccer and watch football and ice skating. That's, I mean, it's really held up. Yeah, yeah. truly. And I love football so much. I love football so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all those labs. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> really love that. I did play soccer. I was very into soccer for about two years. And then. What position did you play? Defender. They never let me do anything else. 
I understand Ooh. I was a left fielder in yeah. softball. So. You know? <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to be, um, you know, the other one. Striker? Sure. I don't even Is think Is that we... a soccer thing? Well, who, yeah, whoever got to, like, score the goals, I always wanted to be that person, oh. but I wasn't fast Offense. Mm. Yeah. Offensive line. That's yeah. football. Most kick. Kickity. Kicker. Yeah. Kicky. Striker might be. I don't know. But anyway. so that sounds right. This is my uh, beautiful work. Um, hardback, I very just, classy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like bound. I definitely made something like that. <laughs> I, we did a poetry unit in the sixth grade. And I, I was going to say writing a lot of poems, but I have no idea what became I am, of that. Book. I'm positive that this was for a class assignment, but I know that I just like lost my goddamn mind. I thought it was so cool. I really need to understand who the Amy Elizabeth show is. I don't know because anyone who loves poetry is sure to love this book. Yeah, mm-hmm. and R- rave reviews. Yeah, I know. Truly, seriously. I mean, for what it's worth, this does look literally like a lot of blurbs that I've seen. I was like, have you read this? Yeah. Um, just no, like vague, vague, vague. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and I also put like what, like 10 on the back of it rather than just like a couple big ones. Well, you know, everyone yeah. was reading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bestseller. There's so many people. Yeah. It, it, a poetry bestseller, you know. I'm just saying, we are sure to see some excitingly good books that you can't put down from B.M. Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At yeah. what point in time did you realize B.M. Martin was not the name that you were going to Oh, go yeah. With? I mean, probably shortly thereafter. Yeah. But I just was reading, and I think I was reading, like, you know, like, um, I read the, like, the Tolkien books. And so mm-hmm. I was reading a lot of books with people that, for whatever reason, they all did the mm-hmm. double uh, initial. Yeah. Aaron, mm. will you describe that picture of Bryn that's in the front cover? Oh, <laughs> in glorious detail. Well, first off, we've got a, uh, what do we have, like, a, a some sort of pinstripe happening it's a yeah. it's like a button up Lovely. um it is the most baby gay photo i have seen <laughs> uh, we've got the the ear length curly hair uh-huh, a little bob got, oh yeah we've got the button button down to just so <laughs> not showing too much mm-hmm. not showing much definitely so, an early 2000s picture day vibe yeah oh, yeah i do like i never understood like the weird cloud background yeah the like blue mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah no i because i mean literally my pictures in the 80s looked exactly the same uh-huh. and like did they just are those still around probably yeah. Yeah. life touch baby mm-hmm <laughs> I appreciate that you copyrighted this. I did. So, I did. Yeah. I was very concerned. Because these are very stealable. I know. So, I mean, yeah. for what's worth, mm-hmm. the poem you read did read like the Bernie Sanders platform. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he got it from me, is I what I'm saying. Figure, yeah. So, I mean, there's also this American classic The Eagle Sword, gracefully and beautifully above the clouds. Yeah. That's pretty fucking high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really high. Really high. To the either. top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Yeah. You might say. <laughs> you might just. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I really just went ham with that, that yeah. card. Uh, no, no. Seriously. Card mm. stock. Yeah. Baby Bryn was really into saving the planet. I, yeah. And New Zealand. And eating seafood yeah. for lunch. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no. Also, uh, I feel like... I have since changed my stance on a lot of those things I would have banned, I will say. Controversial. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You're a flip-flopper now? I am. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just saying, as a millennial, I feel like banning eggplant and avocados. I know. Really, really, truly. uh, I was... I missed the mark there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this... um, I don't remember... I just remember last Christmas I saw it on the shelf and my mom had, had, like, cleaned out our rooms and stuff and so in the guest room this was on the shelf and I was like I have I I had no recollection of making this and so when I saw it I was like oh my god I have have to bring this in because it's just I need you guys to understand like it's hardcover it's hardcover 
Like, yeah. And also, it's the gayest shit. Like, the front <laughs> cover is full rainbow, but done in, like, a way A tie-dye style. Is it a tie-dye style? Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. I that's... did that design on so many things. Like, it was, like, the rainbow, yeah. you know, gradient. There was a big thing when we were younger, probably, like, in every generation also, where you would make your friends, like, or you would write your name a bunch of times on paper, mm-hmm. or, like, make your friends' name signs, at least mm-hmm. for me it was, and do designs behind them, uh-huh, and, like, give it yeah. to them. Because I had, like, a whole wall of different, like, name designs that we had all made for yeah. each other, or, like, I had made for myself. But I was just copying my sister as in everything I did. Yeah. But they all looked a lot like that. Like, you wrote yeah. the word in a cool way, and yeah. then made, like, a tie-dye design behind it, yeah. or, like, a squiggle design. Yeah, I was going to say, this is, you know, these, I was really, I went through a big bubble at her face, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and I do, I do have a question, though. Uh, <laughs> is the title of the book Poetry? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Very clear, direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, to the point. I, I, I know what's in there. Yeah. So, poetry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poetry by B.M. Martin. Since you've already copywritten that title, you could use it for your next book. Mm-hmm. I, I could. You're right. I really could. Uh, I bet that is a, a, a copyright that is still standing to this day. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, well, yeah. Is there anything we can depend on in America? Yeah, but I... Litigation? I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the the beautiful gem that I brought to share with you. So I'm very excited to to welcome BM slash <laughs> Bryn Martin, who is a Kansas City native or Kansas native, uh, living in Knoxville, where she received her MFA in poetry from the University of Tennessee. Uh, go Big Orange. She is the associate editor for Sundress Publications and co-host of the po- this very podcast. Wow. Oh my God, that's the name of the show. Uh, <laughs> her poetry has appeared or is forthcoming from Contrary Magazine, Rogue Agent, 521, and Crab Richard Review. Bryn Martin, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. <laughs> I feel really honored to have been invited on. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, uh, my co-host, Aaron Elizabeth Smith, and I are happy to be here to interview you um, for this special, very special episode <laughs> of Shitty First Draft. Yeah. Um, so today... I feel like we need like a pew, 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 pew yeah. sound effect. We can, we can add those in, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we have to download them from the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Royalty-free ones. Later, I'm going to Google how to download the pew, pew sound. <laughs> Well, thank you for great. inviting me to to be part of this wonderful, mm-hmm. uh, glorious, glorious delve into <laughs> our young psyches, baby poet brains. Mm-hmm. I love it. So, <laughs> yeah, talk uh, about juvenilia. This oh, is my. Oh, but you had such big hopes, and I you did. did it. I you did. did it. You did it. Well, and I feel like so many people like who like I don't know. I I feel like so many people like who do the MFA and do graduate work like they all have. This tie dye some version, book yeah. That says poetry yeah. on the front, uh, the front page. Even like, if it only lives in their hearts. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and, and like I don't feel like most people are like, oh, I just stumbled into poetry. Yeah. I feel like it's something that you, you know, you wrote some really uh, excellent stuff for at an early age. Yeah. You really either, you either take that assignment seriously or mm-hmm. you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I took I took it seriously. Yeah, you did. The real question is, if you decoupage your poems today. <laughs> What would they look like? Yeah, truly. Sexy. <laughs> yeah. Mat, triple mat them with some construction paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It would be, uh, I mean, I think that's called in- Instagram poetry. <laughs> oh, hey. You're so yeah. good. You sprinkle some flower petals on yeah, a piece exactly. of paper you and take a, a burnt cigarette. It. And, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Ooh, love it. Love it. Yeah. Some teardrops. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Great. Well, Erin, thanks for coming to guest host this podcast while we interview our very own BM Martin. (laughs) I'm always excited to be in my own home. (laughs) (laughs) On location for our very special episode. I just the holidays. Keep, I just so. keep thinking of um, sitcoms where they have very special episodes that's like, hey kids, in this episode we talked about Drugs. taking caffeine pills. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're just talking about Saved by the Bell then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Oh, I like that that somehow crossed generations. Mm, yeah. No. I watched a lot of uh, Saved by the Bell as a kid. Truly, <laughs> how would you appreciate young Showgirls if you didn't watch Saved by the Bell? To I have seen Showgirls. Wait, hold on. Have you seen Showgirls? I know Jesse Spano is like a dancer oh, of the exotic type. She is. <laughs> is it a TV show or a oh, no. movie? Oh, no. Oh. Oh, this was uh, this was 10 years before Poetry by B.M. Martin was ah, released. Ah, 94. Uh, yes, I believe. Uh, well, that's definitely why I haven't seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got, it's, uh, got Gina Torres mm. um, being not gay, which I don't understand. <laughs> um, and it's got, yeah, Jesse Spano being Whatever her name is. Elizabeth um, something? Mm, starts with a B, and that's all I got. Um, she, uh, yeah, so she she's a small town gal who uh-huh. goes to Vegas to make it good uh, and yeah. uh, ends up living a life of... Debauchery. Debauchery. And uh, my favorite moment in this, though, is that the uh, director asked um, Kyle, Mo- Kyle McLaughlin, Kyle McLaughlin was on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, if like he him. wanted to, quote, would you like me to CGI you an erection in this scene? <laughs> and I just think about, like, early CGI and the yeah. ways <laughs> that it is done. So. Yeah. Elizabeth like, Berkeley. There we go. I was right with the B. Mm-hmm. Wait, so how does this relate to Saved by the Bell? Oh, anyway. She was in it. It's, yeah. Oh, okay. She was yes. the character got who it. took the caffeine pills that I was got quoting. It. So anyway, the very special episode where you either get hooked on caffeine pills, as one does. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, or one becomes a uh, dancer in the... I was like, just look at the movie poster yeah, here. Yeah, that's all Next to, to the Saved by the Bell. Mm, hot. Yeah. <laughs> I highly recommend required viewing, truly. Mm, so, okay. yeah. We'll do it. She has great hair. Just saying, CGI could do one of two things. It could make a dinosaur or it could make a boner. Yeah. That was it in the 90s. <laughs> so, yeah. We had priorities, you know? Yeah. We weren't trying to, like, you know, go crazy. No. <laughs> Just the important stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> so, I know we don't have to explain to you how this podcast goes. Yeah. Um, but as this is a very special episode. Yeah. We, um... I don't know. Things are different. Yeah. We're going to talk about two poems that you brought. Correct. Neither of which are the many hits that we discussed <laughs> in, at the in, in the beginning. Poetry. Yeah. <laughs> hit after hit. Truly. You know? um, also, we are putting out these episodes um, for two reasons. Yeah. Three reasons. One being that we want to. And yeah. we like to talk about ourselves and our work. That's yeah. why we're here. Very narcissistic. That's why we put our voices out into the world. Yeah. Um, like number attention. two, both of our birthdays are coming up in the next two weeks. Birthdays! Happy birthday to us. Capricorn Very exciting. Is <laughs> it is almost upon us. Yeah. And thirdly, because we are having a fundraiser, a holiday fundraiser for our podcast. Yeah. Um, and we're very excited about it. 
Uh, hopefully it's launched by the time this episode is released. <laughs> yes, it should be live now. And you can either, we'll have a link on our Twitter um, if you are not a Facebook user. And if you are on Facebook, we will be posting it through the SAFTA page or both sharing it. Um, so if you would like to help us um, continue this endeavor and offset some of the costs we've already incurred but also upgrade some of our technology and be able to continue doing this for the next year um we would really appreciate any donations you can make there are some perks available so we don't want you to just give us your money and um not get anything in return (laughs) so we have some perks available and just for more information go check things out on twitter or on facebook yeah so if you're not following us already because you just haven't gotten around to it Now's a good time. You better go follow. I'm going to toss out here because uh, as, a, as a money person here, I'm just going to remind everybody that your uh, donations are tax deductible. Mm. So. Yes, that's very true. We'll be doing our fundraising um, through our parent organization, Sundress Publications, which is Sundress Academy for the Arts. Sundress Academy for the Arts is part of Sundress Publications. Yeah. Right. We are a 501c3 mm-hmm. organization. So you can write off your donations um, because we are, in fact, a- affiliated with a nonprofit yeah so if you're having any trouble finding our uh fundraiser meaning that we forgot and didn't share anything (laughs) but check out sundress publications because they have a lot of cool stuff going on um as well cool well Bryn, tell us about um the work that you've brought in for us when did you write this um early poem um so i brought in two versions of the same um poem and it <clears throat> basically was a prompt in one of my grad workshops. So um, Robert Haas has this very famous – or Robert Haas is famous and this poem is mm, infamous. <laughs> Maybe I think it's, it might be more famous as a prompt than it might the be poem more famous itself. As a prompt, I don't I've know. I've definitely done the prompt before in a class. Was it I don't know. Was it it might have been class. Aaron's yeah. class. No, it was no. not my class. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you took a Maryland class, she does this, I think, often. But yeah, um, I yeah, so I was in Maryland Kellett's workshop in this fall semester of my second year of grad school. Um, and she gave us this prompt to – we read My Mother's Nipples by Robert Haas. And then we were supposed to write a poem, you know, after it, so inspired by it. Um, and I, you know, even just the title, My Mother's Nipples, is – uh, uncomfortable. uncomfortable enough, yeah, that you kind of, you know, it, it was interesting to see the ways myself and my classmates either wrote directly, you know, looked that prompt in the eye and were like, okay, we're going to talk about this, or if, you know, some of us took took it a little bit more roundabout and didn't talk about um, our own mother's nipples. <laughs> um, so it was an interesting prompt to just to see how people handled it because Robert Haas's piece is like – several pages long it's a really long poem and it deals with like Mm. a lot more than just the mother um it's been so many years now since i've read it that i don't remember the specifics but yeah i don't know if i've ever read it it's good i think i've just heard the prompt so many times i think it must have been at a retreat or something that's my that's my new theory yeah um because i've just heard like oh you know how everyone writes after that poem yeah my mother's nipples and i'm like sure well i think it yeah i think maybe just in our circle because if you've had a Marilyn Callip workshop you've probably done it um i so, will say i have known a lot of people who've had a Marilyn callet workshop yeah I've, i know a lot about everyone's mom's <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. a disturbing amount it's a really it's an interesting thing because yeah um yeah anyway so i just i wrote it for class basically yeah um and then because i was working on my 
um, thesis did a lot of editing with it because I could tell there was something there that was working, um, but what, it definitely wasn't there yet. And so mm-hmm. um, it went through, like, I have, like, 14 versions of it on my computer. So I went through several iterations before it became the final version. Do you want to read the first version for us so we can get, like, a sense for this baseline that you speak of? Sure. My Mother's Nipples after Robert Haas. I saw my mother naked for the first time when she was changing, probably, not careful to cover her body in front of me the way she was with my brothers. But I remember most learning to shower, aged six or seven, how she positioned her body to block the hissing water, her back to the spray, showed me how to keep the water from my eyes, to turn the heat just right. I saw her naked about as often as I saw her cry, just enough to know she is human. Once I said nothing, followed the sound of ragged breathing through to the nook in the master suite where my mother crouched against the wall in nothing but a thin towel, sank down to sit beside her, knees almost to chin, asked nothing, offered nothing. Once I hugged her in the kitchen, she was, is, afraid for me, for dad, alcohol calling him to blur the day gone, to stumble into stupor, sleep. Afraid that his alcohol is in my veins, that his sickness might be catching, that I could be next. As I remember them, her breasts were like mine are now, full and heavy in the way that leads to drooping. Nipples shaped like raisins but fleshed as her lips, surrounded by areolas, a translucent pink, only just more so than her skin, but large as a Gerber daisy or a wild sunflower bloom. Yeah, that's quite beautiful. So, this was where were you in the graduate program when you wrote this? Was this like first semester, second, uh, second, first semester, second year? Okay. So I was like thinking about thesis at that point, um, Mm -hmm. but also just like trying to generate more work. Mm -hmm. And we had read um, either I had read it or we were reading it um, in class. But I was reading Kaba Akbar's. calling a wolf a wolf so I was thinking a lot about like addiction and I was dealing with you know coming to terms with the fact that my dad was um an alcoholic and like Mm -hmm. went to rehab and all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um and so yeah I definitely see the inspiration in that and then was just kind of pulling from because I think in the Robert Haas poem he talks about like his mother and his father and just like the relationship between the two um but yeah, so that's what I was kind of thinking about while I was writing this one. Yeah, well, and I like, um, I mean, we'll read the, the second one here in a bit, but I'm interested in, uh, like, the original choice to do, cause so the poem uh, on the page is in kind of prose and then mm-hmm. sections. So the first section is prose, the second section is lineated, the third section is prose. Uh-huh. Was there a choice made in that original variation? Yeah, I I think it was, I was kind of like, I mean, I don't remember exactly, but I think I was realizing that I had all this stuff I was trying to say and that having the first and final sections be not lineated um, because I wasn't thinking of them as prose, even though they are more conversational. Um, I still was thinking of them as like part of a poem. But anyway, um, I was like doing I think I was doing hybrid work without realizing that I was doing hybrid work, Mm. basically. But 
if I, again, <laughs> I should have read Robert Haas's poem because I don't really remember, but I think his went through several, um, several sections and in each section he's kind of doing whatever in the, within the section itself. And so I was like, oh, okay, so I can, there are no rules here. I can just kind of like write and then go back and, and, you know, the other one felt like the second section felt like it needed to be delineated. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember mostly this one, I think I just kind of wrote it all out and then, um, brought it to class and was like, here you go. Cause we were just, mm-hmm. you know, we were writing multiple poems a week. And so I was just like trying to get, <clears throat> um, trying to get my stuff done for class basically. Yeah. So you kind of experimented and then you were like, Uh, it's good enough yeah Yeah. let's see what they think yeah exactly (laughs) at some point you just have to like stop you just have to be done (laughs) yeah and I I, like I don't remember if her class there there was some point where we like turned in the poems like a couple days before workshop so I was like always like writing up against that deadline I was like Mm -hmm. fuck it now it's done okay (laughs) um so but yeah I'm sure I was pulling inspiration from his poem a lot um, cause I originally was like, Ooh, I'm going to write a really long poem, but I just don't write long poems. Yeah. So, um, it could I have like been long if you broke up, broke up that prose. Well, and I was going to say too, I did write, I did end up writing like what I thought was going to be a companion piece to this poem. Mm-hmm. Cause in workshop I got all these questions about like, we don't, the alcoholism is there, but mm-hmm. it's confusing and what? And, and so I wrote like a poem that wasn't like my father's nipples but like <laughs> was more about the dad and I because I was envisioning them being like um side by side pieces yeah. yeah um and then that one just didn't come to fruition because there was just too much I was trying to navigate yeah, there I remember you had, did have a poem I mean you might have several poems about your dad yeah but I remember there was one that you brought to workshop right when we first met when yeah. we started living with each other um that I like wrote down part of it because I thought it was so cool and I like wrote it in my phone Aww. and I like saw it the other day that's nice <laughs> so it was really cool because I remember I didn't know anything about you so I was yeah. like wow this is like very personal so, yeah but I remember yeah. really thinking the poem was great well thanks it wasn't yeah, I, this I just, poem this <laughs> 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 poem shit <laughs> yeah I, I mean I've always used poetry as a way to like work through my own feelings and like you know it's kind of like a therapeutic thing so mm-hmm. like the stuff that I wasn't like stuff that I haven't ha- wasn't I haven't been able to articulate to myself or to others. I find mm-hmm. you know I can write about it in a poem and then kind of sort through where my head's at with it. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah, because my dad went to rehab um, like the Christmas before grad school or the Christmas of my first year in grad school. So it was just was oh, like. A time, yeah. Um, why and I just, did, just there was wait just to happen. Yeah, to why grad, grad school? school? I don't know, but yeah, it just was. There was just it was a really heavy emotional thing. And like, while I was really happy that he was getting help, I I didn't know how to like wrap my head around this idea of who my father was and how that also mm-hmm. fit in to him being an alcoholic. Um. So anyway, yeah, maybe it's kind of nice you were writing a lot of poems then. Yeah, it was too. it was helpful because it was like something that because it was something that had been shoved under the rug for so long that I was just like, uh fuck like I don't know how to navigate this and I didn't feel like I had anybody I could talk to about it in my own family and then and then wasn't sure like again when I came to grad school at least that first year I was still building community and didn't know who I could talk to about it and and you know my dad he was never you know violent or abusive or anything you know so it, so when I say alcoholism it was much more just it, you know it doesn't look the way that you think it it would uh, stereotypically and so that was also hard because people when you say 
my dad's an alcoholic, they get this very specific image in their mm-hmm. head of like going to the bars and becoming belligerent and da 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 da. And my dad was never any of that. Um, it was much more just like a private um, shame thing, mm-hmm. I think. So, anyway. Not yeah. to be whatever, but I found that I could like talk to poem, talk to myself or talk to poems in a way that I wasn't able to like mm-hmm. talk to people. Well, and getting it out of your head is a big yeah. thing too. Well, and to try and then make something beautiful of it too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, and as somebody, I, I also experienced this, like uh, my mother and my stepfather were both addicts. And yeah. uh, so like, but again, that kind of notion of like, having to re-envision your childhood. Yeah. Like this whole new lens that you get. Yeah. Um, and how that opens up different forms of evaluating your yeah. own life and like re-questioning those sorts of variations. Did that manifest in like other poems that you were writing at Oh, that for sure. Time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just seeing, like just understanding my parents as like fallible mm-hmm. humans. Um, but yeah, I, did, I do think I tried to write more poems. <sighs> I tried to write more poems about my childhood, but I also was just like going through it. So I was like, you know, a lot was happening. I was like understanding my sexuality. I was like on my own in in a landscape I didn't understand or or wasn't familiar with. Um, So I do think I was, was, while I was like writing a lot of poems about family and um, like what is passed on, like um, inheritance and like heredity, I was also writing just a lot of poems about like feeling like I just think so many of my poems from grad school were about me like being really lost <laughs> just being like yeah. I don't fucking know what's um oh my goodness you're you know shocking I know shocking strange. what who does it I don't find that, that very relatable no. I know it's very it was a very unique experience that I had <laughs> but I mean like I wrote a poem called like the crying year because it was about like the, my first year and I just was like that is literally what you call the first year of your MFA. Yeah. And that's that's, that's canon. Like, yeah, that's it's canon. the crying yeah. year, and then year two is the drinking year. Yeah, exactly. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. And well, I took, it took me program. a little bit to figure it out. Oh, that's the... It's the dark. The, the dark, dark ages. Honestly, the crying while drinking. <laughs> yeah, you just combine so, them. It's a hybrid, yeah. a hybrid year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We used to joke that the MFA stood for my foray into alcoholism. Mm, yes, so, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really funny. So you, obviously, you were an avid poetry writer in elementary school. Clearly, yes. Um, but yeah. you kind of, you know, took a break after your uh, first brush with stardom, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you really got into poetry in high or in college. Yeah. So um, in high school, I was like. Not to brag, but I was really smart. And then I took all these AP classes. Um, and I was really into biology. Like, I thought I was going to be a geneticist because I thought that shit was so cool. Um, like, you know, the charts where you can, like, see the Punnett genetic. Squares. Yeah, Punnett yeah. squares. See, I've forgotten it now. I've just, like, That's dumped all, all that information out of my brain. I remember the name and what it looked like. Yeah. And I did it in eighth grade. I don't remember Well, I was just, like, that. really – I just thought that all that stuff was really interesting. And I loved English. I always loved English because I was reading just all the time. Um, like I mentioned in Chloe's episode, I didn't, my friends dumped me in fifth grade. So from like fifth grade to like freshman year, I just read books, <laughs> books for my friends. Um, Wait, did you get through a horse girl time? No, I, uh, I went through a unicorn girl. 
Wait, there are unicorn books? Did I miss out on this? Yeah. Brynn is like the fantasy version. I am like a fantasy version of. I like went went deep dived, deep dove into the fantasy world. Yeah, there was this whole series I think called like the Last Unicorn. Oh, and it's like the movie. Open? No, it's no. Right? Well, I don't know. And maybe it's not called that. Or the Unicorn Chronicles, maybe is what Mm. it was called. But it was like this girl or this main character like portals opened up into another world where there were unicorns. It was kick ass. Uh, I loved it. Still here for it. That's my shit. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was reading a lot of fantasy, like um, Tomorrow Pierce and those books, and yeah, just like any anything YA fantasy that mm. I could get my hands on, I was all about it. I loved magic. Anyway, <laughs> no, no wonder I had no friends until yeah high I school. Say, I never had like a fantasy or like horse phase yeah i just like got to high school and started reading chuck Palahniuk and sylvia plath <laughs> am i okay <laughs> i don't know truly or any of us though <laughs> yeah i just got really i i think it was because i wasn't allowed to read harry potter when it first came oh, out you know because yeah, it was like yeah. witchy and we were christian um and then i wasn't allowed to watch the lord of the rings movies because my parents thought they were too intense for me and i just remember like in the first Lord of the Rings movie, you know, when Gandalf is, like, um, when they're at Bilbo's party and the fireworks, Mary and Pippin, like, do the fireworks. I remember seeing that scene and just being, like, this is so cool. But then I got, like, kicked out of the room because I was, like, standing in the doorway. Um, Did this start your love of New Zealand? Yes. No, that's – I'm I, <laughs> I, I was, like, 10,000 yeah. percent where New Zealand has come from. You were, from. like, protect New I Zealand at all with, costs. I was, like, in love with New Zealand. I was in love with Orlando Bloom. Like, I just would – Who was Yeah, it? was, like, Dude, he's it. only hot as an elf, though. Let's be honest. Truly, yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I was into the uh, – Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. You know, he's like a little dirty, and that's nice. Love him a little dirty. I love him a little dirty. I want a spiky ear, and I want some long, Some long blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I get it. It makes sense to me. But Will he let you braid it? Yeah, uh, yeah, braided. Some like little pieces of it, kind of. Let's know. be let's be honest. We all loved Orlando Bloom as an elf because very ladylike. He was a girl. Yeah, <laughs> and it well, was he great. was so just like delicate. Like, oh, yeah. the femme, like the hard femme. I was like, yes, please give, give me, give me, <laughs> give to me. I can understand. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Should have seen the whole bye thing coming along. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're so soft and pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, that's where New Zealand came from. I was obsessed with I would like, I watched like all of the extras for, for like, we had the extended versions and the extended versions extras. And I was like, five hours. Into it. Of yeah, movie. like, I've just like b- behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. I just like soaked it all up. I thought it was so cool. Um, anyway, what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, in high school. So I did a little bit of writing. Basically, I was such an overachiever that in the spring of my junior year, I asked my parents to take me to Purdue to do a school visit um, because I was like already thinking about where I wanted to go to college. Mm -hmm. And we went to Purdue um, and I toured the school and then like we did, we also did a Chicago trip. So it wasn't like just Purdue, but we toured the school and they brought me to the bio department and they were like, oh, she's really interested in genetics and all this kind of stuff and like what would you know and so the lady was like oh awesome like women in STEM cool yay um and then she gave me a course load and it was like chem one chem two chem three chem four bio one bio two bio three bio four calc one calc two calc three physics one two three four and I was like I can't I can't I can't do this I only like bio can I only just do bio like because mm-hmm. I was in calculus at the time um and I hated it. I was it AP calculus? Math. I was so bad at math. Um, I mean, like, I got through it, right? But I just, like, 
truly despised it. So um, I was like, maybe this is not. I was like, I can't just do just do genetics. Like I can't just take like bio classes. Yeah. Everyone's college bubble burst at some point. When yeah. You're like, oh, there's genetics. all these like inter. <laughs> well, and and for that it was so you know like you have to take chemistry. Um, right. Maybe that's what it was. I was in chemistry, AP Chem, and I was struggling. And like, um, anyway, just knew that that would be really a bummer to have to do that much chemistry. Mm-hmm. So anyway, long story short, I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. And I had been enrolled in a class for the fall that was like biochem or something. Um, and I went on the first day and was like, I don't want to do this. And then the only other classes that were available to me, there was like some bullshit, like, you know, I don't know, like car mechanic, whatever that is, the shop. shop. Yeah. <laughs> and and then um, writer's workshop, which was a class where we just like wrote. And um, I had Mr. Carter for it. And he was just very much like, you know, like an oh captain, my captain kind of teacher. Um, and just like cultivated an environment where we were just allowed we we would just write for like 30 minutes and then we would share um if we wanted to share and it was very supportive and lovely. Um and there were a lot of cool kids in that first semester that I was kind of like, y'all are jackasses. Um, because I was like, I take this seriously, even though it's like most people take it as like a blow off class. And then I took it again the next semester and we did that's when I got introduced to spoken word and slam. Mm. And I was like this is my shit yeah I got so excited about it and I was getting a lot of like praise from him and from others about my poems um and there were two Michaels in my class um (laughs) yeah Michael Ashley and Michael Tomasian shout out to shout out to those Michaels (laughs) who were also like really into poetry and we just like shared poems and they were just like lovely you know um boys and anyway so I like went to school knowing I wanted to be an English major but I was like oh I want to be a publisher so I'm like gonna take creative writing classes so I can like understand the side of the writer but like I'm gonna be an editor (laughs) you know yeah well because I didn't want to take like an English lit like concentration I just I was like fuck that I'll take a creative writing concentration anyway um and then like you know started performing in slams at Creighton um and again getting like attention and you know compliments on that and I was like fuck this is nice (laughs) Uh, and then just kept going and obviously when you take a concentration year I was taking a lot of creative writing classes Um, and by my senior year I was like I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do and one of my teachers kind of looked at me and was like you want to be a poet and I was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then applied for grad schools didn't get in took a year off applied for more grad schools got in and then went to grad school. Well, and so wrote a lot I think of poems. Yeah, I, wrote I think it's interesting. Poems. I feel like a lot of us who are, you know, like high school people who were like, we were want to be poets, but we're all like, we'll go to college and learn something else. Yeah, we already know writing. Like I yeah. went in as like a sociology, philosophy, no sociology, religion major. Oh yeah, I mean, which so, is some cool shit. Yeah, I but was I like, think that's the funny thing about writers is we kind of want to know a little bit of everything. Yeah, we do. also yeah. we're really lazy, so we end up in yeah. the thing that we're already <laughs> Exactly. And in conclusion, we all should have taken shop. Yeah. <laughs> in conclusion, I would know Sounds so much more great. about cars now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, yeah, it was it was definitely something that I always felt like I had a knack for. Like writing papers always came easy to me, and um, I liked talking about books and stuff. And so yeah, it, in 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 the long run, it was just like this is what comes most naturally, and why fight that? Mm-hmm. Um, like. <laughs> 
I remember like some of my friends taking like orgo, you know, organic chemistry and just being like, this is so hard. And I was like, yeah, why are you doing like, why? why? I mean, not which is not to say you shouldn't challenge yourself, but right. I don't know. Well, then it's like, then there's like the inverse of that where people doing harder majors are like, well, you're a writing major or an art major, which is something I come up in a lot because yeah. I work in the art school. And people were like, it's not that I'm trying to take the easy way out. It's yeah. like, this is what I like. And yeah, it's hard exactly. in its own way. But it really, like, I don't know. Sometimes people can really come for you. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, oh, see, I yeah. feel the exact opposite. Like, every time I was telling people, I'm like, oh, I'm in graduate school for poetry. They were like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing, like, starship maintenance? Yeah. What is this? So, yeah. like, that's the like, Don't only thing. four people get MFAs a year? Because yeah. there's not enough room for all the famous people. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That yeah, is that right. is actually true. Thank you. Uh, I'm one of the four best. <laughs> yeah yeah well and people just don't understand poetry or mm. they, you know they weren't taught it very well or, yeah or they're terrified of it so yeah they, they're yeah. supposed to get it it's yeah a, it's a riddle like, yeah. yeah it yeah. is a riddle i there's i like that poem that summer awad has that's mm. about like impenetrable poetry mm-hmm. that it's like if you can't get into it uh, it can kind of turn you off i guess at yeah. first mm-hmm. um which i think a lot of poetry were made to read in school especially in high school and middle school is like dead yeah. white guy poetry mm-hmm. yep um and some ladies but they're white also mm-hmm. you know and the poems are great and are in the canon for a reason but definitely not all of them and there's so much well, more and that's it becomes left out like, and amazing it becomes like a prescriptive read like this is how mm-hmm. you're supposed to yeah, quote like, unquote read the poem yeah, and this, it feels like you have to imitate yeah which is hard <laughs> yeah well and everything has one answer it's like this dead yeah. tree trunk that is rotting with right. moss growing upon it right. about the rebirth of life right blah, yeah blah, blah, blah. yeah um and yeah but ultimately it's like this can be about whatever you right. what it means most to you yeah and I, yeah i think that's i mean that's that's my whole like right. thesis on why people don't yeah. right. understand. It's like, like the poem is successful if it makes you feel something, and if it yeah. doesn't, that doesn't. And that's like, that's, that's great. Point. Yeah, that's art. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but people want to make it about like, oh, well, the rain means that the you know main yeah, character just, was sad. It's like fucking yeah. rain. Yeah, like here it is. Just trying to show the diversity of weather. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, or anyway. it was like, raining that day. Oh, or it was raining. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One stands a poem. Pff, I could have written that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Who oh, cares? Oh, Brad. I remember oh, reading yes. what the albatross. <laughs> One, what's mm-hmm. the, that? Was, is that the title of the poem? The Albatross? Is it the rhyme of the ancient? Rhyme Mariner? of the ancient mariner. God, That's I'm the smart. one. I don't know my old shit. <laughs> water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. That's all <laughs> yeah. I remember. A dramatic, deep, deep. yeah, very much a, like an epic poem. But I was like, fuck this shit. I was like, what's poetry? And then, but it's so then, sp- sp- um, sp- spam, <laughs> spoken word slam, um, poetry, and like you know, a lot of it was like kind of right at the like 2009 2010 so it was like right when it was really hitting hard and it was like all over youtube YouTube. yeah it was all over youtube Mm -hmm. and i so i could just like deep dive into like youtube and watch all these poets and you know anise moshgani was everywhere sarah Mm -hmm. Kay was everywhere and they were just like i was just like poetry yeah (laughs) Yeah. truly they were doing a lot of that like like, recording work and i just Mm -hmm. was like you know glued to the screen i would just like watch you know, hours of it. Um, and that's like so it just complete, became accessible in a way that yeah, was so refreshing. Yeah, I think that's refreshing. like the answer almost. Like yeah. that's the overcorrection is like this like spoken word poetry where someone's speaking to you in a way that you can understand. Yeah. And it's not page poetry, so it's it's different in that way, but it's also... Well, but even page poetry yeah. performed well. Like, I mean, like it's any true. any poem, I mean, poems are meant to be read aloud. Like it, it was always mm-hmm. an oral tradition. And so um, poems 
truly like I mean that's like why you have to read a poem aloud to understand if it's like really done mm-hmm. like it's, it has to be that's part of the process it has to be read aloud and like that's where you literally like are breathing life into the poem so mm-hmm. or at least my personal in my humble opinion <laughs> um that's true so well, I mean, there's, I mean, so much about sonics, so much about yeah. breath, so much about the mm-hmm. body. I mean, right. we think about, you know, so often we talk about page poetry as if it's like something that is dead. Dead, yeah. Um, but I mean, you think about the way a tongue feels in the mouth, mm-hmm. the way the lips uh, click together when you're mm-hmm. making certain sounds. Like all of that is about mm-hmm. making word flesh. Right. And not just within that context of, of uh, performance poetry, which certainly right. is like the, the a major part of that. Right. But... Um, yeah, some of my students, I was asking this semester, I was like, are you reading your poems aloud? And they're like, no. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> they're on English they're paper. Not, they're not yeah. alive. Like, well, and it's, yeah. right, exactly. It's like sometimes until I bring my poem to workshop and then read it aloud to a group of people that I'm like, oh, that line does not work. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, that sounds really nice, actually. You know, like, because you feel, you like hear it in your, you hear it through your own body, mm-hmm. but like you also hear it the way other people are hearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just think that's really essential. You know, because even like rhyme, even something as simple as rhyme, like internal rhyme or alliteration, like not, that stuff is, you can tell that it's there when you look on the page, but it doesn't have the same effect nearly as it does when it's right. allowed. Well, and also make the argument too, like, you know, you were just saying, thinking about, um, you know, how other people are responding. Mm. The ways in which we respond is also bodily. Oh, like, absolutely. I really, I mean, you know, I, I am here for clapping after every poem. I'm here for going... Mm-hmm. And, and like I, I'm definitely the person who's in the front row of things like making eye contact like, yes 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like doing my little snaps beside the like yeah. whatever when you hear a good line like mm. yeah Mm. And that's, I mean, that's, your, I mean, that's what you want. Yeah. Like, you want somebody to respond and we all want to. And uh-huh. I don't know why we're so fucking hold back no, on Because academia has ruined I, us all. Yes, I know. <laughs> Made us cold and well, dead. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, and there's something like in like, I mean, I think it's like a deeply like white culture that yeah. like to be polite, you must be silent, mm-hmm. you know, seen and not heard, um, which yeah. is bullshit. But yeah. So. <laughs> so when did you start revising this poem? Did the, did the, the poem you read us um mm-hmm. was that the version that was in your thesis or did you start revising no, it before that yeah I started revising it before that um pretty much immediately because I was like I knew that I or I felt as though I had hit on something and I was like this is a good thing it's just not there yet so I was revising pretty much immediately um and because I was in workshop you know I was had to revise probably for the final and right. you know so I was just like in it and thinking about it um but this I didn't come to this final version until I think after my thesis because it would have happened over the summer mm. um when I was at the poetry retreat I talked with I had Amelia Phillips who was one of the readers or leaders of the retreat <clears throat> read over some of my work um and we talked about it a lot and she gave me a lot of amazing recommendations she read my stuff really well and it was lovely um and then she helped me kind of figure out you know I had it was I wasn't working with the version the first version I was working with a much um different version but it still wasn't where I wanted it to be and I was like getting to a point where I had just revised it so many times I was like oh fuck like I don't know I want this to be good but I can't get it there so anyway she kind of helped me see it in a new light and I was able to then Mm -hmm um put it in the form that it's in now do you want to read the new version for us so we can yeah yes 
my mother's nipples, after Robert Haas. When I undress in our hotel room, I turn my body away from her. She laughs, says she's seen my body my whole life. With my back to her, I don't admit I hide my naked from everyone. How I cinch my body in a towel or blanket after sex. I don't confess. We pretend I'm a virgin at 24. When I tell her I broke my promise made after Sunday school, she stands with her arms crossed. She doesn't want me to feel judged. I saw my mother naked first when she changed, probably. Her breasts were like mine now, full and heavy in a way that leads to drooping, nipples like raisins but flushed as lips, surrounded by a translucent pink, large as a Gerbera daisy, a wild sunflower bloom. Snaps. <coughs> yeah, go. this yeah. one, yeah, definitely has a different main focus. Yeah. It's funny too; it's like the same length as the first one, so you cut yeah. a ton because none of this is in prose. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it was interesting to me to because I remember, you know, when I was looking at poems to bring, I was like, I know that the first version of this poem is trash, yeah. but I didn't remember how much of it um, was like salvaged in the final yeah, version. I was gonna say I didn't think it was like that know, final. I've seen. Mm-hmm. Worst trash. Yeah. No. Well, I just. It, I mean, that, I think that wasn't even the first. The f- first first draft. It was oh, a yeah. later draft. But anyway, um, it just was trying to deal with too much. I think. Um, well, and I think it's really interesting because uh, the the father goes away entirely in uh-huh. this one. Yeah. And then the eye comes in in a way that was not in the first variation. Yes. The eye mm-hmm. is only in the context of the mother. Yeah. And so in fact, so I want, I'm interested because like I think that's. So often we think of revision just as like noodling with things. Yeah. Like all the same elements are here. We're just going to rearrange them or do something different. And this mm-hmm. like totally recontextualizes yeah. the idea of the mother's nipples, uh-huh. the relationship between the mother and uh, the speaker. Mm-hmm. So can you talk, because I'm really interested in like why the decision to kind of move much more towards the self here. Yeah. So I, uh, some of it was simply that I was like, I felt deeply uncomfortable with the idea of like reading a poem describing my mother's naked body to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, while that, like, I haven't, you know, I've only seen my mom <laughs> naked in very specific contexts, obviously, and like mostly as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I was, I was thinking about my responsibility as a writer and like, kind of like consent her consent you know Mm -hmm. and so for me anyway it felt more responsible Mm -hmm. to pull it toward this self or toward the speaker um and to to make it more about my relationship with my own body um in relationship to my mother so that it's like one more step removed from her Mm -hmm. um because I can I can I'm happy to talk about whatever in a poem about myself um because I've obviously given myself consent to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I just felt like there was a responsibility there that I, I wasn't... Because I was writing a lot about my mom, and I was writing a lot about my dad. And I have a very specific lens that I see them through, right? And I have a very specific... Um, or like, And when I'm writing a poem, I'm like not necessarily writing it for capital T truth or lowercase truth I don't know what I'm saying exactly other than like I don't necessarily need a poem to tell it exactly how it happened I don't need a poem to be 
autobiographical, but um, I'm telling the truth of like my emotions or the way I was feeling. Um, and that can, I know that my mom reads all my poems. I know that my mom is listening now. <laughs> Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hi, um, and it was a great blurb on Van <laughs> Martin's. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and I just know that like, you know, I, there was a poem I wrote about my grandfather's funeral and my mom was like, I mean, that was a lovely poem, but that's not how it happened. And I was like, well, that's how I remember it happening. And also like it reaches at the truth of something more so than like that this is literally what happened. It's like the mix of memory and emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in, in poems, that's like totally kosher. Like right. Of the course. Right. I guess I was just thinking a lot about it because like both myself and um, Katie Condon, Hermes now, um, and I were writing a lot about our moms and it was just kind of this question of like what's your responsibility when you're like writing about real people? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was also just kind of like, I don't know. Well, it seems like maybe while you were weighing your responsibility as a writer, you might've also, I don't know when I, when I read the second one, I see it as a, like more like you're looking at it head on instead of maybe deflecting by talking about other stuff. So you're bringing, yourself as the speaker kind of closer to the heart of the poem yeah then describe i mean i think you could have teased three poems out of the first one you yeah read, but this one seems to just like take one of those ideas and and flush it out in a yeah, yeah i i knew that i wanted to be more um focused in on one of the threads because i was mm-hmm. i remember just like you know like which is not to say that poems can't juggle several several themes but i was just i think trying to do too much in the original um especially because so yeah so I kind of wanted to focus in on just my relationship with my mom and then I did revise it after I like told her that I was having sex um like I I think I wrote the first one before that and then I wrote this one after um and so that changed our relationship necessary like very necessarily changed our relationship and that whole conversation I remember feeling some type of way about and just and like trying to sort through my initial reactions there as well. And so it felt like I had more to say very specifically about my mom, myself, my sexuality, and and the ways that, like, um, you know, as an only girl in my family, my mom was my only representation of femininity mm-hmm. in, like, an immediate sense. Um, and, and I learned so much about, like, sex and sexuality from her. Um, and so trying to unpack that in this poem and like what it means to be an independent woman and to be branching out in a way that she maybe wouldn't have wanted for me or, um, couldn't have planned for me and, and what that meant, I guess. Mm-hmm. Does that answer the question? I think so. <laughs> and how. And then, yeah. And then some. <laughs> so yeah, so I was just, I was I was like, okay, I want to focus in more on my mom, on my mom, or my relationship with maternal maternal figure, and um, and more things had happened, and so I had more to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, yeah. uh, funnily enough, talks about is funnily a word? It sounded stupid when I said it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. um, it's humorous that you do touch on. Um, like physical traits passed down in yeah. this poem yeah and that kind of like hereditary thing yeah you know like you might you have like the same nipples yeah 
or I mean, maybe I don't know. Like, it, like a very much memory is. Yeah, but I mean, but I think that's just kind of a subtle way of saying, yeah. like, even though maybe in the poem it feels like there's a disconnect or like a distance. A distance. Um, I was gonna say unrest. It's a little dramatic, <laughs> but um, because of like the conversation that you had within the poem. Um, then that kind of brings it back around like we're still connected yeah. um, in this big way. Yeah, um, in 100%. In a familiar, familial way yeah. um, that I think is quite nice. Well, and in interesting ways that like are not intended. Like when you have a baby, you're not like purposefully mm-hmm. passing things on to it, you know, right. necessarily. Um, and so I, I just have been fascinated by that and the ways that I'm like, the ways I'm like my mother and the ways I'm like my father and how I feel often like a whole mix of, of both, but I'm also like my own individual self. And so, um, yeah, dealing with all of those things, but yeah, but like, it is interesting that the movement is from like literally like physically hiding to then being laid bare. Mm -hmm. Um, and then to the ways that were similar. Well, and I'm, I've just, I've been sitting here rereading, uh, the original Haas poem. Yeah. Wow. First off, it's terrible. (laughs) It's, uh, there's a bunch of Bobby French and then it's like, it's very pretentious, problematic in its conflation with Native American culture and whoo, okay, don't read it. Robert, Um, we will not link to it in our show notes. And like, so the end of it is like, and so the boy they called loves his mother's tits, went into the mountains and fasted for three days. And this idea, like, yeah, exactly. And there's literally another line. He wanted to get out of his head, she said, so I told him to write about his mother's nipples. And like, that's the start of that whole poem. And I'm I'm so, and so like looking at this and just being deeply enraged but also also thinking about the ways in which this so others the mother yes um and so sexualizes yes the mother in a way that you're like edible yeah (laughs) Yeah. but like not even like you mean like aware of its edibleness and kind of just leaning yeah yeah um and like the ways in which your poem is resisting that Mm -hmm. um i i know that that was the like this poem was the original conceit for the idea um but it almost seems in many ways even if it was intentional or not as a rebuttal to yeah Mm -hmm. well yeah i knew that i didn't want to write yeah i mean i knew i was kind of like okay but i didn't feel like i could say anything about robert haas because everyone was like oh yeah robert haas um and i was like okay this poem is Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I think part of, that's <laughs> but, part of the yeah. funniness of like people proposing that prompt to each other yeah. is like it's such an outlandish thing that you wouldn't even really consider writing about. Yeah. But then interpreting it in a way that uh, is comfortable for you. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that that's what it is. It's just trying to like put a hiccup in your step a little bit. But yeah, I just again, I'm like very. I feel very comfortable sexualizing myself as speaker. Mm. Um, but. Like, yeah, I mean, I was thinking also in the time of revising this, I was just thinking so much about consent and like, and all the different forms it takes and like, yeah, again, um, how I can control that narrative. Um, but yeah, this, and this one, I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to be reading a, a poem or writing a poem about my mom's sex life, you know, like just not interested in that. Um, but Anyway, or like the sexuality therein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, and I think that that always becomes a question of like whose stories do we own, right? Um, and I, you know, I butt up against that. I mean, I I used to butt up against that. Now I'm, you know, estranged from my family. I'm like, yeah. Fuck so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's there is that question, especially like you know when you still have a close relationship with your family. Yeah. How do you decide what you get to tell? I mean, technically. Family stories rights in theory should be our own right. rights are part of as our as a story. part of family. Yeah, right. yeah. But yeah, I saw something online the other day that was like, um, if people in your life didn't want to be written about, they should have acted better. They should behave like better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, and I do think I, 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 and I've let I've I just I remember being very interested in and kind of a little torn up about this want this poem and like being like should I like tell my mom that I wrote this poem before like it gets poet you know like um and with a couple of pieces too just like wondering how like what what you should do what like protocol is um because Katie was always saying like oh she just writes it and then her mom finds it and then she deals with it later mm-hmm. um and then and I know that like Tiana Clark will sometimes will like read the poem and like to you know to her loved one um but at the same time like again it is my memory of how things happened or my interpretation of my, my like artistic crafting of a memory or of a situation. Um, Cause like the, when this poem begins with like, when I undress in our hotel room, I turn my body away from her is because I was trying to hide my sternum tattoo. Like <laughs> it wasn't because of this like moment where I was like trying to hide my body from my mom, mm-hmm. but I had like a tattoo I was trying to hide from her cause I didn't want her to know I had it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, cause I didn't want to get, you know, lectured yeah. about having a tattoo. Um, and so like, that's the reality of the situation. Mm, right. But I was then able to kind of put that in context of this bigger conversation about like um, shame and how shame is is brought into this conversation about sex all the time and right. like what well, it and means specifically to like feminine femininity. Shame. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So yeah. yeah, I just feel like it's funny because I I do feel like I was trying to narrow it down um in some ways but ended up like kind of blowing it up into all these different nuances in other ways but but I think that's a beauty of like radical revision yeah I think you know so often again we think of it as tinkering and it shouldn't just be that yeah you know that it can be so many different ways of looking at the drafting process right well and just like letting go of some of the parts Mm -hmm. of the you know either the narrative that you're creating or like some of these lines that you're like oh I thought that was a really good way of describing Mm -hmm. that like just letting go of that or you know and the way I like placate myself is by saying I'll use it again later in another poem but um that it's like not suited to that the current poem um and and sometimes that's a lot easier than other times um and this time I think I had just gotten to a point where I was like I so clearly need to just completely overhaul this for it to become anything mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. you know yeah. um so yeah so it's not to say that that's easy and not to say that I like always do radical revision but but this is one of the poems I'm most proud of and it's because I was like willing to let go and say okay let's completely completely overhaul this poem and you know the beautiful line at the end about the flowers I can keep but I have to like reimagine it a little bit and like cut it down and break the lines differently and or break the lines at all so yeah I don't know I think I mean the the thing that like my kind of last question thinking about Mm. like this this uh this poem in this process is how do you give yourself permission to to blow up a poem um 
You personally, not, not, not one, but I think that's what, like, cause I mean, so, right so often we hold <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. So often we hold it. Yeah. So as, close. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Especially when it's about something as personal as yeah. this, you know? Um, I think for, like I said, I think it was, well, first of all, in grad school, I was literally saving all, I was working in word on my, my laptop. So I was saving it like my mother's nipples, V1, mm-hmm. V2, V3. So I have quite literally 14 drafts of this poem on my computer and some of them are like very like tinkered Mm -hmm. with versions and some of them you start to see me really shifting things around more cutting full like that full middle section is just gone um anyway um so I think for me anyway it was getting so frustrated with the fact that tinkering wasn't working and I just got to a point where I was like, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> let's just fuck some shit up. And like, mm. let's just see what happens when I just like, you know, I pull, I think what um, I did was I had it printed out and I um, really just went in and broke the lines up, scribbled it to make it, you know, make it the shorter lines that it is in the final version. Um, and just was like, okay, what what is helping the through line here and what isn't um and just was like it was, so it was coming for me from a place of frustration um and also just like a desire to have a kick-ass poem too mm-hmm. like I think I was really starting to feel really competitive because I was like I have some poems that are okay but I like really want a kick-ass poem um and so I was trying to like like, in some ways, like, let go of ego so that I could revise the poem, but then, like, was driven by ego in that I was, like, I'm going to write a great poem. Yeah. I'm going to get it published. I mean, that cool. seemed to be productive. Yeah, it was. You kind of, like, you have to get to a point where you're less precious about it and you're just, like, the goal is a good poem. The goal yeah. isn't these little words yeah. that I like together, yeah. like, what am I actually trying to well, accomplish? Well, and I think that I had just worked with it so, and I again, I don't know that I recommend this as a method because, but <laughs> I had just worked on it so much that those lines that I had been precious about, I was, I was like, fuck this, this is all bullshit. Yeah. Like, what am I talking about? I'm talking out of my ass. Like, it just, you know, and just being like, scrap it all, you're let's being, try again. You're, you're being a critic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just was able to see it. Well, and like, maybe unfairly because like, not all of it was garbage, but I just was like, I was just... Um, ready to be done with it. I was like, I, I've worked on this so long, and what I'm doing now isn't working. So what's next? And that's yeah, either you're gonna scrap the whole poem, yeah, or either you're gonna yeah. And I didn't want to let go it. of it. I knew I knew that there was something there enough that I I didn't want to let go of it. But so yeah, so that my choices were either like be done with this poem, um, possibly forever, or like really fuck it up you know like really blow up the poem Mm -hmm. um and like I you know I keep saying I just like knew that there was something here that was important and that I was trying to say um and I like you know part of it too was the bravado of like writing a poem where and I describe my own breasts you know and I was like I really want to do that I really want to be the kind of badass bitch who's like this is what my boobs look like in case you were wondering yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna compare them to some flowers bye you know that's, that's <laughs> me in this episode yeah here's what my boobs look like they're fucking flowers 
<laughs> goodbye. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Um, so yeah, so there was like some bravado there too, mm-hmm. for sure. But um, I feel like Marie condoed your bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Anything that did bring parts. me joy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, goodbye. <laughs> Thanked it for its, you know, service and uh, moved on. But yeah, I, again, um, this is one of the poems that I think of as being like one of the few poems. I don't usually do dramatic overhauls like this. It's much more like tinkering or like cutting stanzas or that kind of thing. But um, but I think also just having the time to do it in grad school, you know, yeah. having the time in the space, I was able to kind of really mess with it. Um, and wasn't as impatient as I am now to like just get things done and out and Mm -hmm. so I was just like fucking with it um over and over and over and over again well I think that's one of the great joys of grad school too I think it's an underrated one I think we could go to grad school for oh I'm gonna be famous Mm -hmm. oh I'm gonna get a good job and it's like no you're gonna get time 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 and space and people like are incubating a little bit yeah you're cooking you're working on your work yeah and and hopefully you'll have some really great readers who can yeah, say hey a, this a isn't very working very unique community space yeah. and, and you're gonna learn a lot about bourbon yeah yeah enough <laughs> to like sustain you for many awkward dinners and parties to come yeah exactly <laughs> so um definitely was invaluable but then but but also I, I mean like my conversation with amelia was hugely helpful because she she saw through some of the like long some of the parts where I was still being long winded or like weren't as relevant, and she was like, "Here's how we can do this differently." And I was like, Amelia Phillips, come on the show, yeah, really. seriously, <laughs> seriously. Um, but yeah, she helped a lot with this poem. So like, just having some really intelligent readers who are willing to give you the time and space as well um, is super important and has been important for my whole the whole time that I've been writing. Yay! Yay! Well, Bryn, thank you for coming on your own podcast. Thank you for having me. This has been <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, I hope our listeners enjoyed getting a little um, more insight into your work. I hope so, too. Um, even though, you know, we never talk about our personal lives during our episodes. Never, episode, ever, so I'm sure this was, like, really eye-opening. I know. And <laughs> I know. Truly. So weird. I would also like you to thank you for introducing us to the works of B.M. Martin. I truly, yeah, it was my it honor. It was a joy. <laughs> I look forward to reading this copyrighted edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, when's the re-release date? Uh, <laughs> Please tell me you're going to screenshot a bunch of these and put them on Instagram because Oh, yeah, I, I'm going to take pictures of the pages. Oh, yeah. They are I mean, Instagram does have a, a 10 picture limit for each And I think post, there's probably so about 10 pictures. Yeah, I think we'll push that right up to the edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Truly some classics in here, my yeah. friends. So, Bryn, what are you working on? What are you excited about right now? Wow. Um, you got I forgot some, that some was poems. the part of things that we did. Yeah. <laughs> you got some poems picked up recently. I did, Woo! yeah. I had a couple um, of poems put, yeah. put in 5 to 1, which was a lovely surprise acceptance. Um, I mean, all acceptances are surprised, but this one, it, you know, my poems had been sitting for like a year. Yeah, and, and that's I com- the one where completely you forgotten recorded, about them. Right? Yeah. So you yeah, can hear so Bryn reading hear, them. Yeah. Hear me read some. We'll, we'll post links in the um, show notes. But yeah, so that's exciting. I'm currently um, working very, um, I don't know that diligent is exactly the word, but I'm with renewed with vigor and focus mm-hmm. working on a manuscript um, and hoping to have that pulled together um, in the spring of next year so i can start sending out which would be really exciting because i just decided i was like fuck it i want a book you're like this is what i want happen yeah um so i'm kind of right now just fleshing the manuscript out by writing some more pieces um per aaron's lovely suggestions and hopefully that will be 
coming to a bookshelf near you soon. Mm-hmm. You can put it on your shelf right next to poetry. Po- right next to poetry. It might be a Martin. Yeah. <laughs> um, it'll be a really beautiful before and after. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. Um, Very exciting. You Yay. can follow me on Twitter at Brinzy. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Brinzy. And Brinzy Crafting. You can, Brinzy Crafts. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see me embroider. I have so many side projects. Um, She's a hustler. I'm a hustler. I can't not do things. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, big yeah. Capricorn energy. So I also embroider. Um, in addition to being a podcast host and running a chapbook series and, uh, and, and, and. So, um, yeah, so you can follow me on those places and see my see my stuff yeah and as always you can follow um shitty first drafts i almost said sundress publications follow aaron and sundress publications aaron thank you again for oh, yeah. guest hosting yeah. yeah you can follow all of the food that i make in my house and yes. eat with my mouth at uh, <laughs> sundress aaron at instagram or you can currently listen to me or read me uh, tweet about my Lost Rewatch Ooh, yeah. at mm. Sundress Aaron Rooting. on Twitter. On yeah. Twitter. Yeah. I love it. It's, Claire's it's, bangs. Let's <laughs> never speak of those again. A dingo ate my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Um, <laughs> um, you can follow Shitty First Drafts at SFD Podcast on all the things, I think. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and at gmail.com. Um, also, don't forget to um, look up our fundraiser and yes. donate if you feel so compelled. Um, yes. If you can't donate, share it, you know, yeah. or take a look at the perks that we're offering and mm-hmm. see if you'd like any of those because we definitely want you to get something out of it besides just heckin' great content from us. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but if you don't, you know, if you're strapped for cash, we totally understand that. We have been there. Um, yeah. But if you would, you know, um, share it, comment on it, like it, you know, just interact with um, our posts in any way. We really appreciate that because it does help. Yeah, um, it's really reach. just a big push for us to not only raise money, but to, you know, get our show out there more than yeah. more than it is already Yeah, um, for us. Yeah. So, yeah. So happy, happy early birthday, friend. Thank you so Yay. much. Yay. And happy holidays. <laughs> happy Merry holidays. Christmas and happy holidays. Goodbye. Merry Goodbye. Happy holidays. There it is. <laughs>